0: Welcome to the Prophecy Club. If you have some information, yes, please send it to me. Email me at at prophecy, and you know the rest of it, because if I say it, then the bots hear it, and then I got all kinds of crazy things from all around the world trying to get me to do this or that, so I dare not actually say the email. Our world's about to change drastically. We know it's very close. We don't know exactly the time. And that's the reason I'm going to be talking today on Revelation chapters 20 and 21. Why? For one thing, my internet's been down, (laughs) so I haven't been able to get very much information. And I haven't been able to get hardly any emails today, so I don't have the information to bring to you. So I'm going to be talking about Revelation 20 and 21. Now, why should you be interested in that? I think, you know, as much negative as we get from the world, including Prophecy Club... Every once in a while, it's good to get a little positive. So this is the positive part. And please do not roll your eyes saying, yeah, yeah, I already read Revelation 20, 21. I'm going to say with all humility, I'm almost going to guarantee you that you do not understand it at the level myself is about to bring this to you in that I memorized the book of Revelation. I told you. So 2017, I memorized the book of Revelation. I didn't think anything special was going to happen. But something special did start happening. I got 30 revelations. And what's a revelation? It means that, I mean, I've been teaching prophecy for 40 years, okay? Study it 40 years, teaching it 30 years. And if I may be frank for a moment, I didn't think I would learn a whole lot more. But, boy, was I wrong. I mean, all of a sudden, wisdom jumped into my head. I saw things. I connected things I never saw before. And so I'm pretty sure that you're not going to make it by the end of this program today until you find your mouth dropping open. You're going to get some revelations. You're going to see things deeper than you've ever seen before in your life. You're going to connect things before that you never connected before. So i got 30 revelations, two visions, and an audible voice. Now, I've talked about a lot of that, so let me give it to it. So I'm going to stop, and I'm going to explain this as we go through it. And I dare say that you're going to hear several things you've never seen before. Revelation 20, verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. Often in my prayer closet, I pray that the angel of Revelation 9-1 and Revelation 21 would be sent down into the underground hiding places of the Moloch and Baal worshipers because this is the angel that has the power and the authority to chain the devil, cast him into the bottom of the pit, and shut him up. So I know he has the authority to do just about anything else, too. If you can chain the devil, you can do just about anything else. So I often pray that he would go out and do damage to the kingdom of darkness. But, again, if you're in fast track or excuse me, Fast Gap, you get that prayer. So I'd encourage you to join Fast Gap. I never ask for donations, never send product offers. You can stop anytime you want to. It is only for people who want to fast and pray. Go to prophecyclub.com, slide to the bottom, sign up. Anytime you want to. Anyway, a son angel come down from heaven having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. What is the bottomless pit? It's a place inside the earth where apparently... And right now, the beast, or the Antichrist, is falling endlessly and helplessly in the bottomless pit. He cannot exit. So it's a place where they fall and fall and fall and fall and fall. Back when my daughter was probably 13 years old, we were doing a crusade down in New Orleans. And by the way, I will get to chapter 21 if I can. But I think it's more important for me to stop and teach us to go along than to just make it to the end of the chapter. So we will go. Anyway, in New Orleans, and we had Ed Lixey there and Pat Sparrow. And I actually saw this. I saw these two prophets turn to each other and say, devil portion. And a big smile came across their, uh, their 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 face. And they said, yes. So they both walked over to my daughter, both at the same time. And they took their hand and they said, devil portion. And they touched her forehead. And I mean, boom, it was like she got hit on top of the head with a sledgehammer. And I mean, she was down and I mean, passed out for over an hour. She got up with two very powerful things that she had been shown. Now, I don't have time to go into both of them, but I will tell you about one. She says, I saw people falling in the bottomless pit. And she said they would fall like 10 or 15, maybe 20 feet. And about every 15, 20 feet, there was a demon that was chained to the side of this bottomless pit. And as they flew by, the demon had stabbing weapons. They had things like swords, knives, hatchets, whatever like that. And as they flew by, they would stab them. It would go into their flesh, rip their flesh, no blood. It would rip their flesh. They would let out a catawall scream. And then that would instantly heal back up. And they continued to fall to get to the next demon, which stabbed or cut or sliced again. And that's what she saw. So far in my lifetime, that's the only time I've heard of anybody actually seeing what happens in the bottomless pit. So when it says they're tossed into the bottomless pit, they aren't just falling endlessly and helplessly. I believe that they are tormented. And torment, the definition of torment, is that you, it's a pain that you can't take. A pain you can't stand, but it's a pain you can't get away from. It's excruciating pain that normally on earth we could not take. It would kill us. We absolutely couldn't take it emotionally. Our body can't take it, but in that body, however that all works, it heals up instantly. The key to the bottom is pit a great chain in his hand. He laid hold upon the dragon. And remember, it talks about reptilians and how these people that come down. Remember Revelation chapter 6, the sons of God came down and made it with the daughters of men and their offspring were giants, mighty men of old, men of renown. We talked about that. So these reptilians, we believe, are on the earth now. Some of them are in deep underground military bases. Some of them are not. Now, I can't prove that. I haven't been there. But I've certainly heard a lot of testimonies from a lot of people. By the way, thank you for sending me those links to go see this stuff. I mean, I see lots and lots and lots of stuff that I can't put on the air. I can't bring it to you. Which, by the way, yes, we did get a strike, and we're trying not to get those. So in case you wonder, when we don't post every day, that's probably it. And yes, there are some other places where you can ...watch what we do. Like, for example, you can download our app. That's probably the easiest thing. Just go to your app store and look up Prophecy Club, download the app, and they can't cut us off from there. Anyway, so let's start again. I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold upon the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal on him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. Now, that's important because the beast and the false prophet are tossed in the lake that burns with brimstone for eternity, and they never get out. They're tormented day and night forever and ever. Then, at the end of the thousand years, he must be loosed a little season. Why? Because he goes, well, here it tells you. Uh, we'll, We'll get to that in just a second. I'll stay in order here. And I saw thrones. Now, this is an important and an interesting part. I saw thrones, and they sat on them. And judgment was given to them. I believe that these are the morning star judges. Bible says that, and he, he, that keep, he that overcometh, and keepeth my works to the end, same will I give power over the nations. And we're going to talk about with the nations, are in just a second. I'll give him power over the nations. He, th- he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessels of a potter that should be broken to shivers even as I received of my father and they were and I will give him the morning star even as I received of my father now the morning star is that lightsaber that whoosh, that goes to the center of the earth sets the foundations of the mountains on fire it burns the tears and it gives us a glorified body all in the same millisecond These guys, were the ones that get sat on the thrones, those are the ones. Now, I believe this, but it does not say it directly. But if you'll put it together, I believe this is what it's saying. I believe these are the overcomers that do give their lives for Jesus. Now, let's go on. I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. Now, the Bible says that Jesus judges us, but it also says that we judge the angels. So, these people sitting on thrones, they don't judge us. Jesus is the righteous judge. He's the one that judges the humans. But who judges the angels, specifically the fallen ones, the giants, the hybrids, all of the tares? Who judges all of those that are not human? My guess is these guys. They're overcomers, they keep the works to the end. I saw thrones and they sat on them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of those who beheaded for the witness of Jesus, and for the word of God, which had not worshiped the beast, neither his image, neither received his mark on their forehead and in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Now it does not say directly that these are the overcomers that got beheaded, but it infers it. I believe that it does. So these are the folks that gave their life for Jesus, endured and did not take the mark of the beast. And these are the ones, my opinion, that judge the angels, specifically the fallen ones. Then it goes on to say, look here. okay." so it says here, reigned with Christ a thousand years. The next verse repeats it. Reigned with him a thousand years. See, the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a thing be established. If the Bible only says at one time, it's saying it may or it may not come to pass. In this case, when it says twice, you can count on it. So what is this? Why is it that they reign with Christ only a thousand years? Why don't they reign with Christ for all eternity? The answer is because only during those thousand years, the nations are alive. At the end of the 1,000 years, the nations were all destroyed, and I'll show you that. So in verse 20, it says they reigned with Christ a thousand years. Then in, excuse me, in verse four, it does. In verse six, it says reign with him a thousand years. So that is confirming that we will reign with Christ for a thousand years. Who do we reign over? We reign over the nations. Those are the people that they did not take the mark of the beast, so they're not tossed into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. But they didn't receive Jesus either, so they don't get a glorified body. So they are what Leviticus calls the corners not harvested. So on the feast of here, let me show you. So when Jesus returns here, okay, and I'll explain it in just a second, but when he returns here the last time, this is Armageddon. This is the great harvest when he returns as the line of the tribe of Judah. And here after the burning, then the nations are told, okay, we will let you live. For up to a 1,000 years, he may not tell them that they only have a 1,000 years to live, but he tells them that if you sin one time, then one of these morning star judges shows up, and I believe that's these guys here. They show up at the speed of thought. They hit them with the morning star, just like the two witnesses, where it says, and I'll give power to my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a 1,203 score days clothed in sackcloth. And these are the two olive trees, the two candlesticks, stand before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth them. That's the morning star. Fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth them. And if any man hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. So it says, I saw thrones and they sat on them. Those are the ones I believe will be sent out to burn the tear. Well, excuse me, to burn the people of the nations that break a law. Instantly you break one law. That's the reason it says that they rule them with a rod of iron. If they break one law. They are destroyed. Then let's go on down to verse 6. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. I'm going to show you the first resurrection. The first resurrection is here. So Jesus, I'm going to explain it here. Again, you've got to get my book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy to Understand This. It's way too complicated to try to explain even in an hour or two. I've tried explaining it in an hour and uh, even even an hour and a half. Couldn't get it all in. You, there's, And that's one of the visions. He told me that some things can't be understood by audio or video. It has to be written down. In this case, it has to be written down and in charts. It's that complicated, especially for people that are not familiar with the feasts. So if you don't know the feast, then it's you're going to have to learn the feast to understand it. If you know the feast, then it's still pretty deep. It's not complicated. It's the wrong word. But it's deep. So anyway, the next time Jesus returns is here on the feast of first fruits. So he comes down in a lamb body. I've explained that before, so I'll keep going. He comes down in a lamb body. He resurrects 144,000 one year old Jewish boys, and they walk around on Mount Sinai, Mount Mount Zion, they walk around Mount Zion for 50 days, and then on the feast of Pentecost, they then go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, we only get a wedding garment, and we get to watch Jesus change from become the prince of the kings of the earth to become the king of kings and lord of lords. He changes from being the Lion of the, uh, the, the lamb of God to become the lion of the tribe of Judah. He comes forth and serves us at the marriage supper of the lamb. Then about four months later, here at the seventh trumpet, at the end of the tribulation, that's when he returns with a morning star to burn the tares and all of those people whose names are not in the book of life. These are the people alive and also dead that had the opportunity to receive Jesus. This is the day of the Lord. It's also called the judgment seat of Christ. Now, let me back up. Got to make another point here. This is the second death. So the second death is here. Those people that are resurrected for the first fruits, 144,000. Those people here that are washed in the blood of the Lamb that get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. This is... Is the first resurrection. That's the reason it says, Blessed and holy are those that have part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. In other words, you make it to the marriage supper of the Lamb, you know you're saved. Then, about four months later, after the marriage supper of the Lamb, we return with Jesus in tow behind him, along with the armies of the earth, or armies of heaven, and with the two uh, angels that have the two sickles. This is the second. Resurrection, You can see it right there. That's the second resurrection. Then the third resurrection is out here. We're going to read about that in just a second. So, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan should be loosed out of his prison and should go out to deceive the nations. So the nations, who are they? Those are the people that didn't receive the mark of the beast, but they didn't receive Jesus either. They're the corners, not harvested. They're told, if you sin one time, then it's curtains for you. Morningstar morning star judge shows up with a morning star, hits them with a morning star, destroying both body and soul. They fall to the ground a pile of ashes and bones. Dece- I know you're probably sitting there saying, man, I never heard this. Step. Well, how many people have you had teach Revelation that memorized the book? Okay, so these are the revelations that you get when you memorize the book of Revelation. It took me about a year. Okay, You shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them to battle. What battle? This is when they still come down and they go to attack the New Jerusalem and also the city surrounding the New Jerusalem. They go down to attack those people who are wearing their wedding garments, their crowns, and that's us, okay? So they go down to attack them. What happens? Then they went down to the breath of the earth, camp of the saints about in the beloved city, and fire, that's the morning star, fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and should be tormented day and night forever. Now, here's where it happens. Let me play this back again. So the next time Jesus returns, he returns in a lamb body. He resurrects 144,000, walks around for 49 days to be exact, including the 50th day. On the 50th day, Pentecost, we all get resurrected. Those people whose names are in the book of life that are ready. Not everybody. But those that are ready, we go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Jesus comes forth and serves us. Then about four months later, we return on white horses with him to see the judgment seat of Christ. This is the judgment by fire. This is when he arises to shake the earth terribly. This is when every mountain starts falling. The sea is filled in. There's no more sea. Every valley fills in. The earth turns into a nice round smooth ball, all here on the Feast of Trumpets. Then about 10 days, no, not about exactly 10 days later, it's now the great white throne. We're about to read about that. These are the people, the dead, only the dead report here, the dead, not in Christ. Once again, Jesus is the judge. This is the judgment, not by fire, but by works. We're going to read that in just a second. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it. Who's that? That would be Jesus. I think it's Matthew 5, 21. It says that Father judges no one, but has given all judgment unto the Son. So Jesus is the only judge. He is the righteous judge. And I saw the great white throne, him that sat on it, from whose faith the earth and heaven fled away. So at this great white throne, which is right here, this is when earth and heaven has fled away. There's no more heaven. There's no more earth. Old earth. Now he makes a new heaven and a new earth. Does that make sense? All right, let's go back. Earth and heaven fled away. There was no place found for them. And I saw the dead, not the living. These are only the ones that are dead that are not in Christ. They did not have the opportunity to receive Jesus, they never heard of it. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books, okay, they're judged by books, they're judged by works. You and I are judged based upon did we receive Jesus? Did we not receive Jesus? That's the reason scripture says, and let him that is unjust be unjust. Let him that is unjust be unjust still. Him that is filthy, let him be filthy still. Him that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is holy, let him be holy still. Means at the great white throne, at that point, no one else gets saved. No one else falls away. Now, wait a minute, Stan. What are you going to do with a thousand years later, those people that are killed? They were judged They were judged here. They were judged here on the day of of trumpets, Feast of Trumpets. And they were told, basically, you ain't getting no eternal life. You're allowed to live for up to a thousand years, but at the end of the thousand years, you're going to be killed. Now, you might not tell them that, but that's essentially where it's going to go. So this is the judgment of the living and the dead. This is the judgment of only the dead. Let's go on. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And now book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things written in the books, according to their works. You and I get judged based upon whether we receive Jesus or not. These guys get judged based upon books, on their works. And the seed gave up the dead which are in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which are in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death or soul death. And whosoever is not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So we're talking about that now we're out here, okay? You and I, we hopefully wanna to, want to be ready and go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. But we do not get any rewards. At the Marriage Supper of the Lamb, the only thing we get is a wedding garment we still get our rewards all here in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump or the seventh trump. Ten days later, this is the judgment of the dead. Now let's go on. I saw a great white throne. Again, we're here, okay? I saw a great white throne. And him that sat under from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. Now we read that. So Let me go on. Okay, it looks like I'm going to have time to do Revelation 22. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. I, saw I John, saw the holy city and the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, and heard a great voice of, out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, but they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Wait a minute, Stan. What about the the, the people that are the nations? They die. Well, it's not talking about them. It's talking about those people whose names are in the book of life. Those people who have earned the right to be able to go into eternity. Some, not all, some get to live in the New Jerusalem, the big golden city. Some have their mansions and live out onto the earth. My opinion, the only ones who get to stay in the mount, mount in the mansion in the golden city, and he that overcometh will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and write upon him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God and write upon him my new name. I want to be one of those, but very few people get that. you got to be an overcomer in my opinion. The definition of being an overcomer is one that sees the beast, hears the beast, but does not receive the mark of the beast, neither worship his image, nor received his number or his name. And i tell you right now that is going to be if if you thought resisting wearing the mask is difficult, you ain't seen nothing yet. Okay, the mask thing was now eh, we process process of what six nine months maybe a year. And, okay, maybe you couldn't go into a grocery store. Maybe you couldn't go to the doctor if you didn't wear a mask. But you're not going to be able to buy or sell. And it's going to be three and a half years. And I, I'm going to say this. Most people on the earth will take the mark. I'm going to say this. Most lukewarm Christians will take the mark. They will lose their salvation here in the next few years. It's going to be that tough. And that's the reason one of the greatest Blessings in eternity is for the overcomers. It's not easy to be an overcomer. Only those people whose roots are very deep in the rock, so that when the winds blow, when the rains come, their house does not fall. It's not going to be easy. I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there was no more sea. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride for a husband. Heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them and his people, and God shall be with them and be their God. And God shall weep with all tears that arise, and there shall be no more death. I read that twice, so I'll keep reading. Neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. So we're talking about this happening here. Now we're out here, okay? The New Jerusalem comes down, the Feast of Tabernacles. And he sat upon the throne and said, Behold, I make all things new. Now, that behold, I make all things new, I want to believe that that means that every species on the earth that became extinct, he makes again. He restores the earth. Everything in the, the, the second wine is better than the first. So the new heaven and the two, new earth is going to be better than the first heaven and the first earth ever were. And he said unto me, It is done. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and I will give to him that is the thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. Now, you and I can drink of the water of life, but we don't have to. We can eat of the fruit of the tree of life, but we don't have to. The leaves, apparently, we take out to the nations, and it helps them get healed somehow. But... The nations bring, I believe, fruits and vegetables—I'm so going to show you that in just a second—into the New Jerusalem for those people that never go out. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my God, my son. In other words, some people never leave the New Jerusalem. They get to see his face, which we'll get to. Actually, I don't think I cover that today. Now, here is the definition of the nations. Because right in here, when we're, we've been told there's no more death, no sorrow, no crying, now there should be no more pain, then we see them talking about the nations. But the fearful, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, whoremongers. I had to look that up. You know what a whoremonger is? It is a man that prefers a man, not a woman. It's a man that prefers a man. That's a whoremonger. And sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. Which means a lot of the fearful, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, and whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and liars are allowed to be part of the nations. They are allowed to live up to a 1,000 years. And they will have children. Their children will put their hand into a cockatrice den, the Bible says, and not be stung, not be hurt. Um, They can lead a lamb. And the children can leave, lead a lion. So they are people that literally, this is describing who they were. They're basically bandits and, uh, how do I say, hoodlums. They are a lot of gangs, a lot, maybe cartel members. But they survived the tribulation without taking the mark of the beast, but they never received Jesus. This is a description of the nations, who they are, the fearful, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. But, he says, there will be a time that they will be tossed into the lake that burns the fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So they don't get eternal life. And I'm, I'm going to show you that word saved here in just a second, and I'm going to give you the correct definition for it. So here we are. Next time Jesus returns first fruits and he resurrects the 144,000, then we, washed in the blood, go to the marriage supper. We return with Jesus on white horses. Ten days later, it's the great white throne. Five days later, it's the new Jerusalem coming down. Let's continue. And there came to me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, and saying, Come hither, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. Now, this is very confusing, and I can help you to understand it. Right now, let me ask you a question. If you do not get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb, are you the bride? See, there's going to be some people that are saved, but they didn't get—they weren't ready. They didn't get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. So if you do not go to the wedding, are you the bride? How can you be the bride if you didn't go to the wedding, right? The bride gets to go to the wedding. So... Part of the definition, part of understanding this, you have to understand that not everyone whose names are in the book of life gets to become the bride. Only those people who are ready, which get to go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. They are the only ones that are bride, the Lamb's wife. Now, it doesn't mean that they're not saved because a lot of people are saved. They are going to live eternally, but they're not part of the bride. So he carried William in the spirit to a great and high mountain, there's only one mountain on earth during the tribu- or for all eternity. One mountain. That's the mountain of God, great and high mountain, which is just south of Jerusalem. Showed me great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of God or from heaven, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God and a light was like unto a stone most precious, even a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Hear that. This is the part you want to hear. Clear as crystal. And it had a wall, great and high, and had 12 gates. Now, what has the gates? Is that the New Jerusalem with the gates? Or is that the wall? What does it say? This is an important point. And it had a wall, great and high, and had 12 gates. Does the New Jerusalem have gates? The answer is no. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Well, then how do you get in? Well, you see, we're in a light body. We don't necessarily have to walk. In our light body, we can move through space and time at the speed of thought, go right through walls. We don't need to have doors in the New Jerusalem. So who are the gates for? The gates are to keep out those that are the nations that are not qualified to get to the New Jerusalem. And at every one of those gates, it's about to tell you that there is an angel there seeing to it that the only ones get to go in are the, names whose, are the people whose names are in the book of life. And it had a wall great and high and had 12 gates. So the wall has the gates, not the new Jerusalem. And it had gates 12 angels and names written therein, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. So the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel were named at the gates of the wall, not the new Jerusalem. On the east three gates, the north three gates, south three gates, the west three gates, and the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. So, the wall has twelve foundations, not the New Jerusalem. The wall has twelve foundations. Each one of those foundations has the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he talked with me and had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. The city life four square. Now, I know some people think that it is in the shape of a pyramid. But the Bible does say four square. Now, if it just said square, that's different. But four square. So I want to believe that it's a cube, not a, a pyramid. City life four square. And the length is as large as the breadth. Then he measured the city in the reed with a reed, 12,000 furlongs. That's about 350 miles. In other words, 350 miles on each side. There's six sides to a cube. Measure the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs. And the length and the breadth and height of it are equal. Measure the wall there of 144 cubits, according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. And the building of the wall was of jasper. Now, there's a lot of different colors of jasper. If there was just one color, I'd show you a picture of it. But there's a lot of different colors. And the city was pure gold like a clear glass. My understanding from several people that have seen this New Jerusalem, but no one's been able to go in, has seen it, all say that it is a metal. It is clear, like unto clear glass, but you can also tell it is gold. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. First foundation was jasper. Second, sapphire. Third, chalcedonia. Fourth, emerald. Fifth, sardonic. sixth sardius. 7th chrysolite, 8th Barrel, ninth Topaz, 10th Chrysophorus, 11th Jacinth, and the 12th Amethyst. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every several gate was one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. Now, I asked somebody, how many streets are in the New Jerusalem? The answer is, according to the Bible, just one street. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, nor of the moon to shine it, or for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. So Jesus literally becomes the light of the world. And the nations, these are the ones that did receive Jesus, but they didn't take the mark of the beast either. The nations are them which are saved. Now, in our New Testament vernacular, we talk about someone being saved, being saved from the wrath. And that is that they've accepted Jesus. But according to Revelation, that's not the definition of saved. It says, the nations of them which are saved, in other words, they didn't get burned up, but they don't get an eternal life either. The nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. In other words, they don't get to go in. The light of the world is coming out of the New Jerusalem, about 350 miles square on each of the six sides. It's just south of Jerusalem, and so the light of the world, Jesus is the light of the world, is coming out of the new Jerusalem. That's the reason it says, and they will walk in the light of it. The light coming from Jesus that is in the new Jerusalem. They'll walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Now, what's the glory and honor? That means the things that they count most precious. And probably it's things like vegetables. Uh, It might be cattle I don't know whatever the people in the new Jerusalem want so the kings of the, of the earth the nations the people that are on the earth that do not get to go into the new Jerusalem they bring the very very best of their blessings to the people that get that never leave the new Jerusalem the overcomers and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day for there shall be no night there there shall bring bring the glory the honor of the nations in it now it says glory and honor twice here and here. So that means that without a question the people of the nations, the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor probably vegetables and fruits and animals and whatever they want. And there shall be in no wise anything that defileth neither worketh whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. In other words, the nations. So I hope you hope you enjoyed that. I love the book of Revelation. Perhaps one day I'll get over to Revelation 22. And if you're thinking about getting gold or silver, we're going to send you to cornerstoneassetmetals.com telling your Prophecy Club. Hey, love Prophecy Club people because they're informed. The Prophecy Club app is probably the simplest, easiest way to follow Prophecy Club that there is. If you want to get it, I'll explain how it works. Go to prophecyclub.com and then if you're Apple, you click right here. If you're um, Android, you click right here, and this is what you'll see. If you're Android, it will look like this, and you download. You want to look for this symbol here. Download that and click Install. If you're Apple, you click, and it'll look like this. Then after you download the app, it will look like this. So here's the way you do it. It'll Remember, you're going to download something that looks like this. So if you want to look at, say, one month, you click here a past month or a past month, and downloads all of the, at the apps or all of the programs. You click on one, it starts playing. You can either watch it or listen to it, your choice, either one. And if you get a phone call or something interrupts you, it pauses, and then after the phone call, it'll start again. Now, I'm talking about this, too. So, again, I'm not going down a lot of detail today. But if you go to this place here and you search Watch the Water, this guy's going to tell you in about 45 minutes, very interesting interview, that he knows for a fact that they have already begun to put poison in the water. Now, if you want to get it, let me tell you what happened. Okay, so it says currently all bird keys are in stock. Yeah, they were mm, three days ago. So when I put this out, <laughs> we have four different models. Two of the four models sold out overnight. So I just talked to our office. Here's what we have in stock now all of these gone. Okay. Now you see, three, or four days ago, I could say they're all in stock, and we had a good supply. Right now, this is our actual inventory of, as of a few minutes ago. We have 16 big Berkies, 23 royal Berkies in stock. And I, I asked Joe, she's been with us uh, since Prophecy Club started. I said, so based upon what's happening, how long do you think that those will last? She says, about two weeks. We'll be gone. We'll, we'll be out in two weeks. I said, have you ordered more? And she said, no, we looked and we don't have enough money to order anymore. <laughs> but, but but Monday, we we think we'll have more money in and we're going to order some more. So if, if you want to help your brothers and sisters and if you could help Prophecy Club, now would be a good time if you can help. If you could help us with a donation, that'd be a really good time because we need it. Anyway, 16 bigs, 23 royals in stock. She says they'll last about two weeks, but Monday we're going to place another order, another large order. But I don't know what's going to happen. They're going really fast. I'm also told to tell you that there are no fluoride filters going to be had for about four months. They're just, you're not going to be able to get them. Okay, so this is the loaf of bread that I made. That's my kitchen counter. I actually took that picture. This is another loaf of bread before we cut it. Off to the left, this is a picture in our warehouse. Each one of those bags is what you call a tote. It's a four-foot-by-four-foot bag, about 2,000 pounds of wheat in it, and we got lots of them here. I think I've got another picture. Yeah, there you go. Lots of them, and these are old pictures. We got more than that even even now. See, each one of these right here, those are 50-pound bags. Those are all gone (laughs) because this is actually a couple of months old picture. And all of it, like this empty space here, this empty space, that's all gone. Matter of fact, we're not even getting them in totes anymore. We're getting them in what they call pro boxes. And it's 2,500 pounds per pro box. It has a little hopper on the bottom. We put the seven-gallon pail below it, and we open the, uh, the, the hopper, and we fill about 200 of those. Two guys fill about 200 pails in about 20 minutes through this little hopper. And they bring it in the truck with a hopper and handle it all with a forklift. So it's become, it had to become very efficient. All right, now let's talk about Joseph's Kitchen. What you want to do, go to Joseph's Kitchen and you have to order yourself a machine package. In the machine package, if you can see, this right here is the grinder. It's called a mill. And then you, you put that along with the ingredients into the sake bread machine. Now, that's only the mechanicals. That's why we call it the machine package. Then you decide how much food you want. You wanna have food one person one year, two people one year, four people one year, six people one year. Another thing, I do not recommend that you just put this all aside, that you just put it away and forget about it. I recommend as soon as you get it, you start making bread. There is a little bit of a learning curve to making bread. Now, having made about 80 loaves now, I've got to where, you know, um, we're making some pretty fancy bread. I mean, it's really good. Uh, it's the primary thing that we eat around our house and all of that. But it'll cut your food costs. As a matter of fact, I think it's safe to say, if you start eating this bread immediately, the, the, the reduced food cost will pay for it. So, you want to get either two people one year, four people one year, or six people one year. Then... If you're thinking that electricity might go out, we have a solution for that right now. And it's our red solar generator. And that's on a pre-order right now. If you go ahead and order it, I think you'll get it in two to four weeks. That's just a guess. I'm a little bit out of that loop. But I'd recommend you go to Joseph's Kitchen. And this just shows you, yes, we got a lot of weight. Click like, share, subscribe, and send to a friend.